Hey, everybody, how are you? It's good to see you today. I'm so glad that you're here. For those of you watching online, welcome. Great to have you with us as well. Hey, today we are going to, uh, I'm going to share a message that uh, I have done several times, and I've decided to postpone the, the uh, launch of uh, Upside Down uh, for just a week, because last week we finished up our series, I Believe in God, But, and last week we talked about I Believe in God, But, I don't talk to people about Jesus like I should. I don't share my faith like I should. And we're all the time encouraging you to do that. And in last week's message, I was actually going to tell you about this message that I've done before and just have you go by the CD. But I thought, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to push the other series out a week and I'm going to do it today. And so I, I, some of you, you've heard this before. And so I encourage you, don't check out. Don't take a mental vacation. You need to be reminded of this. And some of you may be hearing this for the first time. And so I'm so grateful that you're here and that we can share this. As I closed out last week, I talked about how the people in this room, those of you listening to me today, you're in one of two groups. Either you're on this side of the line of faith or you're on this side and you've stepped across the line of faith. In other words, you have asked God to forgive you of your sin. You have accepted Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, and you've stepped across the line of faith. Once you do that, you become a storyteller. You become God's storyteller. And you have a new role. You have a new responsibility. You have the responsibility and the privilege of telling other people the good news. That's what Corinthians says. You'll see this verse that comes up on the screen that reminds us that, that we have been sent to tell the good news about Jesus Christ. Now, I think if all of us would be honest, we're not always prepared to do that. If somebody were to say to you, could you tell me, what does it mean to follow Jesus? Or why are you a Christian? Or why do you go to church? And those kinds of things. A lot of people will stumble over that and find it difficult to succinctly and even creatively share their faith. But yet the Bible encourages us to always be ready. Peter tells us that. This verse that comes up on the screen as well. It says, always be prepared. Always be ready to share why, to be able to tell why you live the way you do. The reason for your faith. And notice it says to do it with gentleness and to do it with respect. And so uh, that's the way. You don't have to argue with people. You don't have to beat people over the head with the Bible. You don't have to prove anything. You just with gentleness and respect share the good news because you are a storyteller. Remember, all of history is his story. And your story fits into God's grander story. And so what do you do? What do you say when somebody asks you about your faith? We're always encouraging you to give people these little invite cards. You know, I'd love to invite you to my church. Well, what would happen if somebody came back to you and said, hey, listen, I don't know if you remember, but you gave me one of these little, little cards to, to invite me to your church. I have some questions, and I'd love to sit and talk with you about that. What would you say if they would ask you a question? Well, this is to help you. Now, this is hard, but you can do it. This is hard. This is tough. This is difficult, but you can do it. Turn to your neighbor and say, you can do this. 
You can do this, okay? You know there's, there's like 800,000 uh, words in the Bible. The Bible can basically be reduced down to this one verse I'm going to share with you. And so, again, the reason I'm doing this is, is uh, for, for you to, to be able to know how to very easily, very simply, even creatively, share your faith with somebody. And you can do it on a napkin. Okay, that's why I call this message the napkin. So take your napkin out of your program, and, uh, and you can kind of sketch along as I write. I've, I've done this with people at a restaurant across the table. I've, I've done it uh, on the airplane, uh, flying, you know, from someplace else and, uh, and sitting next to somebody, and, and we get to talking, and, which I don't talk much in the airplane. The first thing I typically do is put my headphones on because I don't typically like to, but this, this person, you know, caught me before, and um, I got those on, and, um, and so it led to, to sharing this, and, it, and it, was, it was great. So you can do this very simply. Now, as you can see, I have a chair here. That means somebody's going to be sitting in this chair. And you're probably wondering, oh, gosh, I hope he doesn't pick me. And typically, I pick somebody sitting on the front row. <laughs> the ones who won't look at me. But don't worry, I'm not going to pick anybody on the front row. You guys are safe. You're totally safe. I've asked somebody that I, I, he already knows he's coming up here because I know it's a big group and, and it could really freak you out if, if I were to have you come up here. And do this. So would you please welcome Eric Sale. Eric Sale's coming all the way from back over here. Yes. Yes, thank you, Eric. I, I literally just walked over to him while Dave was making an announcement. and said, hey, would you mind coming up on the stage and doing something with me? And he says, yes. He says, yes. <laughs> thank you. He's just been through a surgery. So I forgot about you having to stumble up his chair and stairs, but you get to sit the whole time. So that's a good thing. Eric is one of our um, elders here at Abundant Life Church. He's one of our spiritual overseers. And so he's, in fact, he's our newest one. And, uh, and our youngest too, I think, aren't you? We're not going to tell you, tell her how old you are, but I think you are. But anyway, so Eric, thank you so much. Thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate it. So Eric is going to be my guinea pig. He's the guy I've, I've handed one of these cards to. And he says, yeah, you know, I've been thinking about church and I've been thinking about spiritual things and I have a couple of questions. And, and so it might be that situation. We could be sitting next to each other on the plane. More than likely, it's going to be somebody that you've had some kind of a relationship with, and they've, they've finally come around to the place where they say, you know, I notice that you go to church a lot, and, um, and I've been thinking about spiritual stuff, and um, I'm actually struggling with some stuff with my, some relationships, and I'd love to just talk about, you know, I don't know, spiritual things about church or something like that. So that's kind of the setup, okay? And let's say we're sitting in a restaurant and, and uh, Eric has invited me out to, to, to dinner, uh, Ruth Chris or something like that. And, uh, and so it's not, not Applebee's or any of that stuff, but uh, Taco Bell, no, none of that. And so I'm sitting here with Eric and we're sitting talking. I said, Eric, first off, thank, thank you for the uh, chance. I, I really appreciate you asking me this question about, you know, why I go to church and, you know, you know why I believe in Jesus and stuff like that. And, and so what I'd love to do is just, uh, I want to show you a verse out of the Bible. There's a bunch of verses in the Bible. It's like 800,000 words in the Bible. But this one verse kind of summarizes the whole Bible. And so if it's okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take this napkin, and I'm just going to write the verse on the napkin. Then I want to draw a picture for you. Is that okay? Yep. Okay. So the verse goes like this. For the wages 
of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. our Lord, okay? And uh, Eric, that's found in a book called Romans 6.23. And you don't have to go into all of the detail about, you know, the Bible's divided into Old and New Testament and all that stuff. You don't have to get into that. That's not the point. You can just say, you know, this is a book. It's in the, in the New Testament uh, written by a guy named Paul and, uh, in, in chapter 6, verse, verse 23. And so it says this, you know, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And this really kind of summarizes the whole Bible. Let me show you how. First off, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write God over here. And then, Eric, I'm going to put you right here. And you're a smiley kind of guy with a lot of hair. Got that part. Okay. And, and this is Eric. Okay. Okay. And so, this is the first thing, uh, Eric, I think I would, would, it's important to understand, is that, that God loves you, God created you, God wants a relationship with you. The reason God made you is to have a relationship with you. And we don't really figure that out until we get older. But what happens is as we start living life and we get older and we mature and all this stuff, we, we start searching for things. And what I've discovered, Eric, is people are looking for something to fill what I call the emptiness in life because most people have a sense that there's more to life than what they're presently experiencing. Have you noticed that to be yeah. true? Okay. You may be even be experienced. That could be why you even asked to have this lunch and to talk. And so that's what I've seen. And this is what I've also seen, Eric, is that sometimes... People try to fill that emptiness with a lot of different things, some good, some bad. Some people try to climb the ladder of success and, and build a big, you know, nest egg or get a lot of money or have a lot, lot of material possessions. Uh, some people take exotic trips and big vacations, and some people will go from relationship to relationship. Some people get involved in things they shouldn't do. And, and they're doing all these things to try to fill the emptiness that exists in their life. And some of those are perfectly fine. I mean, having money is okay, having a good job and taking trips. There's certainly nothing wrong with those things. It's just that none of them fill the emptiness. There's only one thing that fills the emptiness in our life, and, and that's, that's God, okay? And the reason I put God over here is because it seems to be that there's a separation between us and God. And so I would picture that like this, Eric. I, I would draw this and... Uh, this is kind of like, a, I don't know, a chasm. There's this chasm that separates you, Eric, from God, okay? And so you're here and God is here. And we're separated from God. And the thing that separates us, Eric, and the, the reason for this, sometimes emptiness, is what the Bible calls sin, okay? And, and I'll come back to that in just a moment, that verse talks about, I'll come back to in just a moment. So what I'd like to do, Eric, is just, I want to show you this verse, and I'm going to ask you a couple of questions, okay? And so the first thing I want to talk about is this, is wages, okay? I'm going to put that word right here. 
It says the wages, okay? First off, um, how would you define wages? Something I've earned. Okay, exactly. It's something that you've earned. Um, by the way, what do you do? Uh, I do a lot of different steel work. I quote a lot of steel work. Okay. You have a, a, maybe you work at a company with steel work and, and manufacture stuff. Okay. I'm a pastor, so I have a great job. I work one day a week, believe it or not. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really cool. People all the time ask me, how can I get a job like that? I say, yeah, it takes a lot of education. You've got to be really smart. You've got to be really smart. <laughs> but, so anyway, so you understand wages really what? And really good. You're going to change. change. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. But, uh, and so wages is something you earn. Exactly. Exactly. It's something that you've earned. So notice this verse says, the wages of sin... Okay, now let's talk about sin for just a second. How would you define sin? Pretty much those things that come naturally. <laughs> okay, things that come naturally to you, okay. Okay, you're a pretty sharp guy. You're pretty smart, okay. Would you also agree that sin are, are things that you do that are wrong? Yes. Okay, I'd say probably 9 out of 10. It used to be 10 out of 10 until you gave me that answer. No, it's 9 out of 10 people will tell me that sin are the bad things you do that you shouldn't do. And that, that's what sin is. Sin is also not doing the good things you should do. The, the biblical definition of sin means to miss the mark. It means to, to, to kind of miss the bullseye, to not live up to the standard. If I were to have a big, uh, like, dartboard on this thing here, and, and I were to give you a dart, and I had a dart, and we both stood back here, and you threw the dart, and you missed the bullseye by, let's say... Um, an inch, and I missed it by three inches. Which one of us missed the bullseye? I think we both. We both did. It's just that you missed it by one inch, I missed it by three, but the fact is we both missed it. And the point I'm making is all of us have sinned. Okay, we all missed the mark, we all fall short, and that's really what kind of separates us from God and kind of gives us that sense of emptiness in our life. And so the wages of our sin is death, okay? Let's talk about death for just a second, okay? The chances are you're going to die. What I've discovered is, you know, like, like 100 out of 100 people die, okay? Um, most do. But this is not talking about physical death necessarily because even though some sin can lead to physical death, what this really is talking about is, is um, it's more of a spiritual death. It's more of an eternal separation from God. Okay, remember I told you God loves you. God created you and God wants a relationship with you, but we had this separation. And so if you were to die in sin, then you would be eternally separated from God. Okay? And that's horrible. I mean, so, so far, um, I, I could say if this is all there is, then I'm in deep weeds. Okay? I'm in deep, deep weeds. And uh, you probably are too. Okay? Because you're, you're, I didn't ask you, but are you a sinner? You ever done? You you said sin is doing stuff is wrong. You've ever done anything wrong? Yep. Yeah, you have. Okay. You ever think anything was wrong? Yeah, even today. Even <laughs> even today. Hopefully not about me. <laughs> but you don't have to answer that. Have you ever? Have you ever? Have you ever? Um, have you ever uh, told a lie? You ever rob a bank? No, you don't have to answer that question. Okay. Okay. So the wages of sin is death. Okay. Okay. Now, so far, bad news, right? Bad news. But, and I love the fact that there's another half of this verse. There's another half. And this is the good news. This is really good news. This is the part that I really like. It says the wages of sin is death, but the gift. Okay. So I'm going to put gift right here. Now, 
What's a gift? How would you define a gift? Something that was not earned, something that was free. Something that was not earned and something that was free. Exactly. Okay, the exact opposite of wages. Wages is something you earn. A gift is something that somebody gives to you. Sometimes you don't deserve it. And sometimes you don't earn it, okay? All the times you don't earn it. Has your wife ever given you a gift? Yeah. Have you ever given your wife a gift? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> did, you, did you ever give her a gift and say, honey, I want to give you this, but this is what you need to do? Probably not if you're smart. You, you know, you look to be a pretty intelligent guy to me. I know I, your wife is here, huh? Okay. She's another part of the restaurant or something? Or? Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Okay, so, so a gift is something you give to somebody, and uh, they don't earn it, and sometimes they don't even deserve it. Okay, the gift of God. Now, I'm going to put God right here, opposite of sin. And the reason I'm doing that is because God is the opposite of sin. God is he's pure, he's righteous, he's holy, he's perfect, he's all of those things. Um, that's the nature of, of God. In that, that he's, he's holy and righteous and all. So he really can have nothing to do with sin. And so the gift of God is, and this is, I love this part here, is eternal life. And notice that this is opposite of, of death. For the wages of sin is death, eternal separation from God. But it's possible to live in eternal fellowship with God. In other words, it's possible to be with God forever, for all eternity. Because remember, Eric, I told you that, that God loves you, he created you, and he made you to be in a relationship with him, but it's our sin that separates us from him. But he has a gift, something we don't earn, and, and I know I don't deserve it, that God wants to give to me that gift is eternal life. In other words, he wants me, when I die, to spend eternal life with him. That is amazing to me. Now, does that mean that every person on the planet gets to spend eternal life with God? And the answer is no, they don't. And so what happens, Eric, and this is what I've discovered, and, and maybe you've seen this too, is that people in their attempts to get to God or to f fill the emptiness, they do different kinds of things to get to God. For example, some people will say, well, you know, my parents were a Christian, were Christians, and at least they went to church and they took me to church. So I guess, I guess I'm a Christian too. I guess I follow God too. And that's not good enough. That's not good enough. Uh, some people will say, well, you know, my parents had something done to me when I was a baby. Um, I think they called it sprinkling and they took me to a, a church or a building or something and had, had water put on me. And I'm not really sure what that was all about, but I guess that made me, you know, in relationship with God. And I'll say, okay. And then, then there are people who, and this is what I see a lot of, Eric, is people think, if I'm going to ever make it to heaven or spend eternal life with God, then I'm going to have to be a really good person. Okay? That means I'm going to have to do a lot of good things. But have you discovered that not only do we, and we even when we try to do good things, we still do bad things? I do. I mean, I do. And so what happens, and I see people do this. I mean, I've done this. I've done this before. Uh, I, in my attempts to have God like me, and I want to make sure I go to heaven when I die and all that stuff, if I do something bad, then I'll come right back behind that and do something good. Now it's balanced out. And so God has no choice but to let me into heaven because I've balanced the thing out. Yep. The problem is um, sometimes I do something 
like really bad. And it's like, there's no way God could ever in a thousand years let me into heaven. But maybe if I go to church a lot, and when they pass that bucket around, you know, I'll throw in, you know, a hundred bucks or something to make up for it. Now I've balanced it out. And, the, and, and really, I think, you know, people think like that. They think if I can do enough good things to balance out the bad, then when I die, God will take me to heaven. The problem is, how do you know if you've covered all your bases? <laughs> what, if you, what if you did one bad thing that you forgot to make up for and you, didn't, and you, and you missed it by one? That'd be a bummer. That'd be a bummer, wouldn't it? I mean, get almost there, and it's like, oh, sorry, you missed one. You go to hell, you know? That'd be horrible. That would be absolutely ridiculous. And so, and so fortunately, that's because now I'm earning my way to heaven, and I can't. It's a gift that God wants to give to me. So, now, let me ask you a question. Who then gets to go to heaven? Just think about that for a second. Who do you think gets to go to heaven? And the answer to that is in this verse. Okay, it says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Okay, and so Eric, as I told you, I'm a pastor. I'm not an artist, and so don't laugh at me. Okay, I'm going to try to draw something for you, but I'm not an artist. I don't make my living doing that, but I'm going to draw something, and the moment you figure it out, you tell me what you think it is. Okay. Figured it out yet? Yeah. Oh, good. Well, tell me. It's a cross. Yes, it's a cross. That's not too bad, actually. Maybe I should think of giving up pastoring and being an artist. (laughs) That's your exact right. I've got four or five days a week where I do nothing to do that. And so, and so, the so the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Let me ask you, have you ever heard of Jesus? Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, most people you know, who live in this country have. Um, who is he? Who would you say Jesus is in your own thoughts from your own history or understanding? A good person. Okay. A good person. Perfect person. Okay. Most people that I ask that question, they'll say Jesus was a good person, a good teacher, a great prophet. Um, but they, all of those still miss something. Who Jesus is, Jesus is the Son of God who came to this earth to die for our sin, to pay for our sin, uh, and, and, and so we could have eternal life. Remember, we, do you celebrate Christmas? You, and so what we're celebrating is the birth of Jesus when he came to this earth. You ever go to church on Easter? Yes. Okay, so that, that's uh, the resurrection of Jesus. And so, and so people hear about Jesus and all that, but that's who Jesus is. He's, he's God's son. You've probably heard John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Okay? So, so Christ Jesus. And, so, and by the way, Eric, notice this is kind of like a bridge across here. In the Bible, uh, Jesus is referred to as our great high priest. And what's interesting is the word priest means bridge builder. And so God becomes our, uh, Jesus becomes our bridge to God. Okay, and so Christ Jesus, and there's one final word here, our Lord. So, now, let me ask you this, because we don't use that word a lot. How would you define um, a Lord? Like a 
dictator. Okay, a dictator type person? Okay, somebody who's in charge, okay. Somebody with supreme authority, okay. All those I think are good. Um, in fact, you know, my wife even calls me Lord. Every so often, did you know that? She does. Sure, I'll come home late for, I'll, well, I'll come home late for work. She'll say, my Lord, where have you been? And uh, so I don't know if your wife calls you Lord or not, but anyway. And so, um, but you're exactly right. It's somebody who's in supreme authority. So, so what we've looked at here, uh, Eric, just to really quickly review, the wages, what we earn because of our sin is death, eternal separation from God. But the gift, what we don't earn, what somebody wants to give to us, not because we deserve it, but because they love us, of God, the one who made you, is eternal life. He wants you to spend eternity with him. But you're not good enough. You never will be good enough. And so Jesus is the only one who was perfect and who was good enough and died on the cross to pay for our sin. And so he becomes our bridge to God. And, and that's really the good news. And, and, and so people always say, well, okay, well, how do I like cross this bridge? Yeah, how do you get that? That's, and it's a great question. And so this is what, you know, I, I would share with people. I said, it's really three things. And they're really easy because all of them start with the letter A. Being a pastor, I'm kind of simple that way. And I like to keep it simple. And so the first one would be to, um, to agree that Jesus is Lord. Okay, first to agree that Jesus is Lord. And, and I know, Eric, that, that you don't know all there is to know about God and about Jesus. In fact, I don't, and I'm a pastor. But I've learned enough uh, that I believe that Jesus did die on the cross and that he really did defeat death because there's proof of that. And, and I, I've come to that understanding. And I agree that Jesus is Lord. The second thing, Eric, is this, and that's to admit that you're a sinner, okay? And that's easy to do because you've already done that. Okay, that's, I mean, I, I meet very few people who say, well, I've never sinned in my life, to which I'm thinking, you're an idiot, you know? But I wouldn't say that, and I know you've admitted that, and so that's easy for us uh, to admit that, that, that we're sinners. And the last one is to accept. Is to accept this gift that God wants to give to us. Because here's the, the deal. If, uh, if, if, if I had a gift I wanted to give to you, and I say, Eric, here's a gift, here's $1,000 I want to give to you. If you don't accept it, then it's not yours, right? And, and the gift doesn't benefit you. And so you have to accept it. And so we have to agree that Jesus is Lord, that he did for us what he says he did, admit that we're sinners, and then accept that gift. Does that make sense to you? Okay. And then I would typically ask, you know, well, do you have any questions about that? And we may talk a little bit more and he may think about it. And, and, but I would come to a place where I'd say, do you agree that Jesus is Lord? And, and if he says, yeah, I don't know, I need to think about that. I'd say, Hey, that's cool. You can think about that a little bit longer. I, I totally understand that. Let's, let's get together again and talk some more. Uh, if he does, and he says, do you admit you're a sinner? And uh, he'd probably say, yeah. And I said, well, do you want to accept Christ as Lord? And, you know, in, with some hesitancy, most people say, yeah, I would, I would. But how do I do that? And I would simply say, Eric, I'm going to invite you, if you would, just to pray a prayer with me. And uh, you don't have to be a theologian. You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to have a degree. If in your heart you want to accept Jesus, then all you have to do is ask him. And, and you may be thinking, this is too good to be true. 
And in most cases, it is too. Whenever something's too good to be true, it is. It's, not, it's too good to be true. This, that's why it's grace. That's why it's good news. That's, that's why God loves you so much. He wants to give it to you because he knows you can't earn it. You just, it doesn't cost you anything. And that's, that's it. So I would pray, and uh, that, would, that would be it. And, and then I would probably follow that up. And so let's just stop right here. So Eric, I want to say thank you so much. Thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. You need help off the stage? You go here? All right. Yeah, is that really? All right. All right. At this, at this point, I'd probably talk to him a little bit about baptism and that and, and, and stuff. And, and so, but right now, I just want to bring that to a close. I want to say again, this is hard, but you can do this. You can do this. And there are people in your life who, who need to hear this. I want to challenge you this week. Go share it with somebody. It may be somebody who already knows Jesus. That's, that's fine. Just practice. Maybe you know some people who don't know Jesus. And, and here's an opening for you. You can say, listen, at church this past week, my pastor gave us this verse and he showed us this, did he do this thing? I think I can do it better than him. Let me show you. And, and you do it. And, and who knows where God will take it. The good news is you don't have to worry about how they respond. That's God's job. That's, you're just a storyteller. You're just a storyteller. Tell the story. It's the simplest way in all the earth to do that. Some of you here today, some of you here today, you're on this side. You're on this side. If you'd be honest with yourself, you've never surrendered your heart to Jesus. Never invited him to be your Savior and Lord. Today, you can step across the line of faith and you can be on this side. It really is that simple. If, if you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and confess with your mouth, then you will be saved. You go from death to life. Isn't that good news? Isn't that good news? And so I'm going to ask if you'd bow your head, if you'd close your eyes. And in just a moment, we're going to be celebrating baptism. So I'll talk about that a little bit in just a second. But if, if your desire today is to accept Jesus, would you just repeat this prayer after me? And I'm going to invite all of you who have ever made the decision to follow Jesus, if you also would repeat this prayer. Father in heaven, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, I humble myself before you. I admit that I'm a sinner. I accept that you're Lord, and I receive the gift that you want to give to me. I choose to follow you. I pray this in your name. Amen. Amen.